This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, in the beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Sparky Radio, or do they call it X now, or whatever the hell they're calling it. Uh, Bart Winkler is here as well. You can follow him at Winks Thinks. I just realized on our graphic, as we live stream this on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, I still have that Birdie Twitter logo. So do I have to have that changed by corporate, Bart? Because you're an Odyssey corporate guy, too, now with CBS Sports Radio. Uh, do I have to change that to an X now going forward, then? Is that technically what I should have done? I would like us all to just ignore what Elon's doing. <laughs> so use the bird, say Twitter, say tweets. I got We've this dumb black background years. now on the yeah. app too. That's driving me nuts. It's so. gonna it's gonna look dumb on your app. Okay, it's an X. Oh, okay. Yeah. But other than that, we're gonna call it Twitter. Okay. We can use the bird. Right. Okay. Good. All right. Just just making sure I was right. Uh, Bye, Winkley. Obviously, you know him. Been doing the morning show on WSSP in Milwaukee for a number of years now uh, on CBS Sports Radio. Doesn't officially have his own show, but he's on enough where he might as well have his own show. Because uh, you fill in, well, you do the show, uh, what, how many shows a week are you doing now? You do a show well, every let's, weekend. Let's be cautious on that because I've been filling in a lot for Bill Ryder. Right, and Zach Gelb. Zach Gelb. Right. Uh, I, did, I even filled in once on DA's show. Right. I had. Uh, I have a Sunday afternoon show. So you just need to fill in for Rome and you've got it. You've got everybody then. But all that goes bye-bye during football season when no one takes off. <laughs> That's correct. That's true. So, but you'll still have the weekend show, right? No, I on football. Oh, I on football. Zach Gelb's seven hour marathon. Yep. That's what you have to do. You have to weasel your way in and be like, Zach, come on, man. You need a co host. I'll co host with you. You and I. Oh, absolutely not. No, I do not want to work a Sunday show during football. A long show. No, I I need to be on the couch for that. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, talk about the Green Bay Packers, Bart Winkler. And so far, early thoughts uh, on what we're seeing at training camp. I am happy so far of what we've seen from Jordan Love. I know he struggled a a little bit uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Didn't have the greatest of days, 6 of 13 or something like that, I think I saw. Uh, Wasn't a great day for the ones. But overall, he played great on Saturday, played great on Monday, uh, able to throw that deep ball pretty consistently early on in training camp now again. You know, we're not played to haven't played a preseason game yet. Haven't had the inner squad scrimmage yet to really kind of see what this looks like. But I, I'm pretty encouraged so far, Bart. I'm encouraged too. And it makes me like really want to get out in front of what might happen if Jordan Love is good. Um, to go back three years ago, I did not like the pick. Right. I, I didn't I didn't like the strategy around it. 
And you're looking for Ryan Horvath is perfect. Did you also want uh, the wide receiver T Higgins from Cincinnati like Horvath? Yeah, I think I, I didn't want him like specifically. Okay. But I wanted, I think we thought maybe Justin Jefferson would fall, which he didn't. But I think we wanted a weapon. Like we wanted a guy. If we thought we were a we, if if the if the Packers thought they were a piece away, then then get somebody that that's going to be that piece. And the draft is the tools for that. Now, you know, was Jordan Love fine? I, I would have taken a quarterback there if like Tua fell. Or remember we talked about that right. like something crazy. Jordan Love though, um, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't know. So didn't like the pick. Didn't like the reasoning behind the pick. All that being said. Here we are now, three years later, Jordan Love is the quarterback. And I think what's interesting is everyone just assumes he is going to be bad. Everybody, they do these tiers, yep. or they do these predictions. Um, DraftKings already has their week one lineups that you can build already. And like, so they value the quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson's like $8,000, Burrow's 7900 So, like, what's the daily uh, salary allotment for something like that when you do daily fantasy? Um, so to, this put is it like, in a, to put it in a perspective of how much the quarterback actually takes up of the salary you have to Oh, if you, want, if you take a good quarterback, you're going to eat up um, a good like, chunk of your – Like 25%? Uh, 20 20%. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Right. But why I bring that up is, and this is all that you really need to, to know to understand where I'm going with this is like Lamar Jackson is $8,000. Jalen hurts 7,800 fields, even fields at 77. Cause statistically he'll get you Ronnie. rushing. Yeah. Um, Herbert 69 Lawrence 6,500 An average quarterback is going to be about 5,700. That's where they put, Matt Stafford, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud, 5,500. Ryan Tannehill, you can get for 5,200. Jordan Love, you can get for 5,000. Ooh. So I'll be playing a lot of Jordan Love lineups. But they, the, nobody, everybody, like, everybody doesn't know. And then if you're going to make an assumption, you're going to assume, like, Jordan, Justin Fields is $7,700. Jordan Love's five. It's just that he's very low on that. He's low on tiers. He's low on expectations. He's low when people predict the Packers record. Everyone is trending for Jordan Love to be at best average. And I don't think the league is ready and people around the league fans. I don't think that if, if Jordan week one and throws three touchdowns, people aren't going, nobody's preparing for that. Correct. Everyone's preparing for Jordan Love mediocre, Jordan Love, you know, maybe two touchdowns, two picks, beat the Bears, kind of transfer ownership, ha-ha. Yep. No one's preparing for Jordan Love top, not even top 10, top 15 quarterback. No one's preparing for him to be one of the above-average quarterbacks. So if, if that happens, I think it's going to be – because, you know, this year is about development and getting back to, you know, whatever and bringing everybody along. And we're, we're, we're not thinking Super Bowl here. But – what if Jordan Love is good? Nobody is prepared for that question to even be asked. I'm just saying, if if week one comes and you get the Bears and Jordan Love throws for 325 and three touchdowns, Mountain and they Dew throw cheers. up 30 huh? – Mountain Dew cheers. Oh, Mountain Dew cheers, yes. I, I have a uh, Mountain Dew as well. Thank you oh, very diet. much. Diet, counting yeah. calories. 
I hate diet. Zero, I'll drink. I can't handle the diet, Mondu. Oh, zero is way better than diet. Yeah, yeah, way better. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, th- this thing with the Bears and Packers. Look, if he throws up three twenty-five and throws three touchdown passes, and they throw up thirty-some points, people are going to freak out because that is going to be. First of all, Bears fans are going to cry because they're like, okay, either our defense is that bad. Or if he makes some great throws, it's going to be like, oh, no, they got another one. That, that's when you're going to get all your general reaction. Now, if he goes into that game and throws three picks and they get hammered by the Bears, then everyone's going to be like, oh, good. He does suck. Yeah, we were all right. There's going to be a lot of takeaway right away in the first week. People will project the rest of his career, Bart, based on what happens in the first week of the season against the Bears. You can pretty much mark that one down. That'll be annoying, even if he is good, like – if he's good, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear the transfer ownership thing because Rodgers right. on the Bears now. I don't want to do that. It's going to be one game. I hate that they're playing the Bears week one for either outcome. You know, I don't want to be Packer fan that, you know, we don't know because I still think, and everybody's doing this now around here. Everyone's like, oh, Justin Fields sucks. I don't, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he sucks. And I don't think he's going to suck. And I would be cautious about that. The well, Bears, I definitely I think, don't are, think he's an MVP candidate like some people are saying. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But I do think the Bears and him are on a nice, like slow progression. I don't think the Bears are gonna, you know, go. I don't know if you if you actually look at the Bears' schedule though, it is not hard. You're and right. if Justin Fields is even remotely fine, they could win nine games like easy. I don't think we're prepared for that either. All these teams, like everyone, could finish nine and eight. And all like feel good about it, which which is going to be interesting in this division. The other thing I want to get your thoughts on that we really haven't talked about much, but I'm seeing it now, you know, again, because I'm not Lambo. So I'm seeing all these different writers doing play by play tweets of what's going on. By the way, y'all do a much better job covering this team than some of these other beat writers do. I I follow a bunch of beat writers from a bunch of different teams. A majority of them aren't tweeting out things that are happening one play after another. They all do – the Packer beat writers do a great job of that. A lot of these guys are tweeting up positives, not really a bunch of negatives, and maybe they sum up the negatives in one tweet after it's all done and really don't tell you what's going on or how it's playing out. I think Packer beat writers do a great job of that, so please keep that up for those of us that aren't there. But I've seen now several times, and in fact, I don't remember seeing one tweet positive about this, where they're running designed runs for Jordan Love. And every time they've run a design run so far in training camp of the tweets that I've seen, it's been stuffed and read immediately by the Packers defense and the Packer linebackers. That's something they didn't really do a lot of with Aaron Rodgers. They did some of it with Jordan Love and the spurts he's played during the regular season a little bit. And I wonder how much of that is going to be a part of this offense as far as how much are they going to ask Jordan Love to carry the ball on purpose uh, when he is back there. Cause I think a lot of Packer fans look at Jordan love and think stationary drop back quarterback, not going to run unless he has to run. And when you start seeing in training camp design runs for him, that tells me it's probably going to be a part of the playbook part going forward. No, I didn't some, then some idiots. I don't know who they were, but I remember like year one, people are like, are they going to have a design package for Jordan love where they like taste right. and hail him? Yeah. And where did that even come? Like no, there was, no one, no one even, but all of a sudden, that became a talking point for a week. To give a uh, Sparky-esque plug of my podcast. The Bart Winkler Show podcast. I just had 
Packers.com's Wes Hodkowitz on the Bart Winkler Show podcast. That, can, can I vent about something? Please, can I please, can I please vent about something? Because that, that pisses me off. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to bet now. Like, you always bet and you lose your mind. I'm going to do it this time. What I do. Nothing pisses me off more than when we had a radio station, which, by the way, I miss our radio station and our staff. I was just talking with Gary Ellerson this morning. Bring it back. uh, uh, Yeah, I'm trying. But but when we had a radio station, Hockowitz was with the Press Gazette. Hockowitz gets the Packers job. Sweet. Wes Hot. Here we go. Let's do it. Oh, no, dude. I can't do anything other than Packers stuff. You can only do Packers. Yeah, I can, Packers.com. That's all I can do. I can't do radio. That's it. And sure enough, he hadn't done any radio necessarily. But that I don't understand that. Get like, him on your pod. He does if, pods okay, all the time. Maybe. I can, yes. But I'm just saying, why would the Packers shut down him doing radio and promoting their product on their website? Like, it makes no sense to me. I've had nowhere to vent about this. But I'm venting now. I do not understand from no, a came my perspective. Pod. He does every Wes pod Hockwitz, he's ever asked to do. Why wouldn't Wes Hockwood have a week? Match Nyman just got a weekly radio uh, gig on a station in Milwaukee. Wes Hockwood should definitely have a weekly no, that gig station on a radio Milwaukee, station in Milwaukee. That station in Milwaukee gave the keys to Match Nyman. My God. They did. They gave him his own show, the whole deal, which is Jeez. fine. But Hockwood should have some type of presence. And to say no and, well, you'll only know about him if you follow him on social media or go to the Packers website. It's just arrogant, I think, on the Packers' behalf of not letting him do any type of radio or anything like that. So, there, I'm done. I've, I've vented. But that's awesome that you got Wes Hotquist. How's he doing? He's doing very good, very well. I love Wes Hot. Go short people. Big, big We fan uh, stayed Hockwitz. at the same hotel in Canton nice. for the Hall of Fame a year ago yeah. and uh, and saw him there and then had him on the podcast. But what I, what I was talking to him about, and I did a great job because I looked at his – recent column before i asked him a question could i do he could give an answer on his recent column that journalism 101 yeah good but he talked about like the different skill guys and all this and and so what i think is for the packers to be the most efficient on offense they need to be a bad fantasy football team they need to be a team that outside of jordan love if he's going to run if he's going to throw whatever aaron jones A.J. Dillon, Toure, Dobbs, the four tight ends, Watson. They need to be a team where, like, you don't know who to pick because everybody's having their own day. Like, this week is a Dillon-Dobbs week. Next week is a Musgrave-Watson-Jones week. The more they can get the ball to different guys, I mean, if they have between the tight ends, even DeGuara, 
between the tight ends, 15 touches between the four tight ends. If they do the running backs, 30 touches between the two, three guys, the wide receivers, 20 catches between five, six, seven guys. I don't think Watson's going to be like a guy that has 100 catches, but I think there's going to be he might have 75, and then Dobbs might have 70, and then Reed might have 50. And I think the more they can spread that around, I think the better it will be for Love. And if they're going to put in this wrinkle where he can also have like design runs, which you're seeing a lot of quarterbacks do if they can do it, I think that'll be great too. So the, yeah, the more, and I, you know, the more that we like for the first month of the NFL season or whatever we're in, it's all positive. Like you might feel a certain way about the team, but then after three weeks of just watching them practice, you're like, Oh, we're going to be so good. Now if they get waxed in the preseason game, we'll be like, Oh, okay. But it's just it's a lot of like optimism and it should be because th- this team isn't like they're not they're just they're not a bad team. They're a young team. They're an inexperienced team. Uh, I still want to know what's going to happen with like I don't know if Matt LaFleur is a good coach or not. I don't. And we'll find out all that. So, again, to go back to the kind of theme that I think we've talked about, but we always mention it's just going to be an exciting year to watch football. What? do you make of family night this year versus family night of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre years? Because I feel like there's more interest um, seeing this on TV or being there because of Jordan love and the unknown of people really wanting to see this, that aren't going to training camp practices in green Bay and doing all of this. I, I don't know what the ratings will look like or numbers will look like, but I bet you there's more interest this year on Saturday than, than there has been in, in recent years. Well, it was going to be my fourth viewing priority of Saturday night. Fourth. Um, yes. One is SummerSlam. Don't care. What else? Two was supposed to be the U S women. Well, that's a whole nother topic. We should do a separate podcast on that completely because I have lots of thoughts. Okay, but go ahead. I, by the way, who was able Breeze to stay up and watch that while your old butt was sound asleep while the whole thing was going on. That I set my alarm, didn't wake up for it. Yeah, yeah just ridiculous. Yeah. Glad I didn't after what happened. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the intrigue, did you see they want fans to do a whiteout there too? Yes. They, they want it, that's interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there might be some more throws that we can dissect, and I'm sure that we'll dissect Family Light. Like it's a week five game. I don't know that there's any more hype on that. I think the preseason will will bring that certainly because now you're going to see like Jordan Love has barely played with COVID and then the year he was hurt, like he barely even plays preseason games. And uh, I think I'm going to go to the one, the Saturday afternoon one. But wait a second. You transitioned because that's where I was going next. LaFleur's already said, okay, inter-squad scrimmages, uh, Bengals next week. That, that's going to be a big deal. We're really going to be available, be able to evaluate where we are as a team in, in, in that scrimmage. No Joe Burrow anymore for the defense, but offensively you'll still get their, their number one defense for the Bengals. He has not committed to how much he's playing Jordan Love and these starters in the preseason. He has not. He just keeps saying, well, we'll kind of just you know see what happens and, and go from there. For me, I, I want to play a half. First game, second game, third game, you play a quarter, whatever, make sure he's good, uh, and then go from there. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, and I know the risk of injury, and fans are like, oh, my God, if something happens to Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs because of some stupid preseason game, I'm going to be pissed. I get it. I understand. But I just think 
reps are everything for this offense right now for the rookie tight ends who have to learn how to run block and not to mention pass block and not get Jordan Love killed for the wide receivers to make sure the running routes and side adjustments, everything else, make they're on the same, make sure they're on the same page. I, I think he's got to play at least a half and a couple of these games along with his starting wide receivers, his rookie tight ends. They all need to play. Does Aaron Jones need to play that much? No, Aaron Jones does not need to play that much, but the wide receivers, the tight ends and Jordan Love, they do need to play that much. I think, uh, at least in preseason. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'd like to see him play in the preseason. I think, like, no matter – I don't know. I don't know if, if, like, you put all these guys out there in an NFL game, it's going to be a well-oiled machine right away. And if you don't play him a lot in the preseason, then the first couple of weeks will be like, oh, it's kind of like their preseason. But you've got the Bears week one. You've got Saints and Falcons coming up. Those are, like, games that – I mean, you got to think – you got as a coach, like, we can all say – yeah, you know, Super Bowl, you know, we're not going to win. I mean, maybe the playoffs, you know, Super Bowl, Jordan Love. But if I'm Matt LaFleur, how many – like, you don't be the coach of the Green Bay Packers and then coach like you're the coach forever. You got to you gotta cherish and utilize every year that you're the coach of the Green Bay Packers. So don't punt the first three weeks. Like, play these guys in the preseason. Yeah, there might be an injury. Um, I don't – but then again, like – it's not like our Super Bowl – is anybody going to get hurt where our Super Bowl hopes are dashed? Well, it's going to screw up – listen, we shouldn't be talking about this. Whatever, you can yell at me if it happens. But if they were to lose Jordan Love for the season, in preseason, or early in the regular season, that screws everything up. And I mean everything. Well, that's not meant to be, man. Because I, then I, I Jordan Love has one year left on his deal and he's done. And then if you stay – No, because then the world can see Alex Magoo. But hold on a second. I'll be Sean Clifford. But then if he stinks – or Danny Etling, whatever. But if he stink or they stink, and you have Caleb Williams possibly sitting there, or May from North Carolina sitting there, and you know you have Jordan Love left on one year, but you haven't seen him because now he was hurt, and you still don't know what you have, you still got to take the quarterback. At that, like it will screw everything up as far as what Goot and Lafleur want to happen out of this situation will be completely destroyed if something happens to Jordan Love for any extended period of time. I think if Jordan – I can't believe we're talking about this. I think if Jordan Love got hurt and missed the season and the Packers drafted Drake May or Caleb Williams, I think Brian Gutekinds would be okay with that. I think Packer fans would be elated. But I'm just saying, like, it screws up everything because then everybody – like Horvat, uh, who's off this week, he's going to lose his mind. Because then it's like, holy crap, you didn't get to play him at all because of injury and everything else. You could have had T. Higgins with Devontae Adams. How lethal would that have been? And he, it's 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 going to be ugly. But if they end up with one of those other two, yeah. And, and with those young wide receivers that you already have, you're in a great position. Or what if this? What if they're there and they go, nope, we still believe in Jordan Love. We're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. We're not taking a quarterback. And we're going to play it out with Jordan Love. Well, then they could get a, a nice draft trade haul. That'd be great, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. All right. N- next thing. Let, let's move on. Talk about the defensive Hopefully side. Hopefully, that is the first and last conversation on the matter. <laughs> you, got, you got negative bar, negative sparky. It's going to happen. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. 
we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball and this idea of Kenny Clark not playing the nose anymore uh, and them going to play TJ Sladen at the nose and Kenny Clark's going to play that power end uh, spot, uh, which means he's going to be going up against tackles uh, instead of centers and guards going forward. How do you think this impacts Kenny Clark's production by moving him out there. You know, I've got a friend who thinks Kenny Clark is the worst player we've ever had on our team. Now he's an idiot. And he won't stop about it. Stupid. And it, like what I what I would like for Kenny Kenny Clark's a tough guy where his production isn't like you can't look at the stats. His production is doesn't show up by his production. His production shows up by what he does for other people. Right. And if he can play the end and I'm having a hard time picturing it, but it'll be cool if it works. If you can play the end and have that kind of production, well, then you might've like, I just, I don't, I don't. Let's talk I'm about it. I am having a hard time seeing it. Let's talk about his, contract situation. his cap hit this year is only 12.9 million. Nothing. Right. Kenny, Kenny Clark. Next year, his cap number goes to $27.4 million. His dead cap number next year is $24.2 million uh, at that point. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. That's a gigantic cap number for a guy if he's not averaging double-digit sacks. Like, that's a huge cap number for a guy if he's not averaging double-digit sacks. And they're putting him out there, I think, with the belief that maybe Slayton will get more push than Clark. And I think that's a fair belief. He's a bigger dude. Like, he's going to push people back like Gilbert Brown. Sorry, Gilbert. I, I know you don't like that type of stuff. But he's going to get that type of push, right? Or at least that's the expectation, providing, you know, he's balling and playing hard every snap. He's going to be able to push these guys back into the quarterback. Like you said, probably won't get a ton of sacks, but he's going to push guys. Now you're hoping that Kenny Clark's quickness will still work out uh, 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 on the outside uh, playing that power end position. Will it or won't it? I don't know. But they're not in a position to trade. Cap, uh, the dead cap number this year is like $34 million. So yeah. they have to play him kind of going forward. Devontae Wyatt, it's early. But he looks like he's taking a big step forward too, Bart. Second-year player out of Jordan. Well, good. They need him to. First-round pick. Yep. Yeah, and last year he didn't play much in the first half of the year and then finally started to play in the second half of the year. I think a lot of people with the defense and Van Ness, you know, liking some plays that he has. Well, yep. Outside of the maybe the question about who's starting at safety, I think uh, people could be getting more excited about the defense if there wasn't the Joe Barry glass ceiling. To a degree, but like that Carrington Valentine, the seventh seventh round pick, he's balling out right now. That corner, 
uh, and playing way better than I think anybody thought a seventh round pick would do to this point. I think maybe he's this year's Sam Shields, even though Shields was undrafted, but he's really blown up. Now, again, we'll see. Preseason games come, inter-squad scrimmages. We'll see if he hangs with these other wide receivers on these other teams. But to this point, he's played really well. The question, I think, has still not been answered. What are they going to do at safety? That, I think, is the biggest question. Who are their two starting safeties going to be, Bart? I don't know. It could be Owens. It could. Be, I guess Rudy Ford's having a nice camp. I don't know. I guess Adrian Amos isn't even like the one on the depth chart with the Jets. Right. Yep. So it's not like he was a big loss. And then uh, who's, the guy they, who's the guy they just cut? Didn't they just – Garvin. He was a yeah. safety, then they made him a linebacker, then they cut him on his birthday. No, he was a line, outside linebacker, and they made him to a defensive lineman, a down lineman. Who was um, the safety they converted? Uh, to linebacker? Yeah. That was uh, – was that Tyreek Carpenter? Oh, I maybe. I think that's who that was. I'd have to look. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, so from that perspective, I think safety is a big play going forward here as far as them not making mistakes, communication issues, and all this other stuff. I thought Ford played well last year in the time that he had. Uh, and Savage has just been a consistent struggle going forward. And then Keyshawn Nixon is the other guy. He's playing on offense. He's playing on defense. Uh, there was talk of him maybe being that slot guy. But he's been getting beat. Uh, in camp to this point. Uh, I haven't heard of him making any gigantic big plays uh, in this camp. So that's another question as far as who's going to, who's going to fill that star role in Joe Barry's defense this year. Is it going to be him? Are they going to go to Valentine, the seventh round pick to have him play it? And then you're still waiting on Stokes to come back. Who's not practicing. You just look at the depth chart, like the starting defense, the starting 11 for the Packers looks like a looks I thought last year the defense – I what did I say last year? Last year I said there will be at least three occasions where you call your favorite Packer fan and cry about how good this defense is. I, I, like I thought, I thought they were going to be so good, and then Barry ruined it all. So I think, yeah, this this fun to talk about, and I think that there's a lot of guys that can step up, but how are they going to be utilized? Let's talk about special teams. I complained about this on the podcast Monday. I do not understand – how Brian Kudenkunst, with the brain in his head that he was given to by God to use, how you can possibly think that having one field goal kicker in camp who's a rookie and having no competition for this dude in Carlson makes any damn sense at all. Like, I don't get it. I know there's a relationship between, between Bisaccia and the Carlson family because he had his brother in, in with the Raiders. I get it. But to say you're not even bringing – they brought in competition for Crosby every damn year. And nobody, everybody knew nobody <laughs> yeah. was beating out Crosby, but they brought guys in, and this kid gets no competition? I mean, Whelan is challenging O'Donnell right now for a punter. I, I don't I don't get that. Like, I, I understand, okay, he's my guy, I'm friends with his family, but no competition? Isn't he missing a bunch of kicks too? He's missing them all. Yes. Right? If you like, can't make them this – you don't want to get him cut, so you're not going to bring any competition in? Like, is there a fear that if he ends up on the practice squad and isn't there in week one that somebody's going to snag this dude uh, and sign him and have him make him their everyday field goal kicker if he's on the Packers practice squad? Well, that's I, like, I, know. You I know, guess when, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Well, no, I agree with you, but it's weird when teams when teams build up. Like, they, they spend all this energy and effort on, you know, quarterback and the wide receiver room and, 
Uh, you know, I, I, you see the Brewers do this sometimes where they need this and need this and need this, but for first base, it's like, I don't care. We don't care. Yes. How, how can you, how can you really like materialize and, and focus? And then for certain positions for kicker, just be like, nah, I don't, we don't care. We just let this guy care. I don't, how can you, how can you, if you don't care in one part, to me, it's like saying you don't care about the whole thing. Right. Nah, we don't, he's and then you want to complain guys. about special teams. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't. We don't care. Well, I don't know. I'm. What do they think they're going to get Mason Crosby out? Is he going to be? Is Mason Crosby going to be the new Brett Goode, where he never comes to camp and then he just signs week one? I'll take it. I, I, absolutely, I'm there right yeah, now. Crosby's washed. I'm there. Listen to me. If Carlson goes out in two pre first two preseason games and is missing kicks, I'm done. Mason, come on back. Here you go. Good luck to you, Anderson Carlson. You're, you're going to be on the uh, practice squad. Somebody picks you up. Good luck to you in your future endeavors. Otherwise, you're going to sit there and we're going to have Mason Crosby be your tutor for a year. That's how this is going to play. Absolutely. I'm not. I am not. Let me explain to you where I'm at. I'm not having this team win six games during the season because Carlson missed four possible <laughs> yeah. game-winning kicks. Hell no. How about Jordan Love and his development? And then, like, when Rodgers' first year, he Rodgers' first year, he was – he was good, but he he wasn't like clutch because he would lead guy he would lead the team down and they'd score with like two twelve on the clock, and then the yep. defense would give up a touchdown. So Rodgers can't lead a two minute offense. Well, he never because you're giving him the ball with twenty seconds left and no timeouts at his own twenty. Yeah, he didn't he didn't he didn't convert on those drives. Oh, Jordan Love, what was what was Jordan Love's first year? Well, he's pretty good, but they only won five games. Why? Right. Oh, because the kicker was awful. That's right. weird. So for me, that's where I, I'm concerned about. Like, you're already going to have to overcome your defense. Let's not have to overcome the defense and a damn rookie kicker that can't make kicks. And on top of that, he's missing kicks in sunny, dry weather at Lambeau. There's no wind. There's no snow. There's no blowing rain. None of that. And he's still missing kicks. I, I'm telling you, I have a big issue with the kicker. I might be the only one in, on planet Earth that cares about the Packers kicker at this point. But I'm okay about it. Uh, NFL, well, quickly here before we wrap this up. Jonathan Taylor, Badger guy, plays for the Colts. We all know I'm a Colts fan and a Packers fan. Um, I'm done. Like, I'm done. They can trade them. See ya. Don't care. Don't need you. Bye-bye. Your, nice your team Colts on this? Nobody is paying that dude $16 million if that's what he wants. He's out of his ever-loving mind. Jim, First of all, Jonathan Taylor, how, how does Jonathan Taylor be like, I want to trade with Chris. And then Jim Mercy be like, it doesn't matter. We all die. Like, where's that? He's <laughs> a weird dude, man. Like, I, he's just a weird cat. Well, you're team Ursay. Yeah. I, I'm team. I don't give a damn about Jonathan Taylor. L- wow. l- listen. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. They're not going to win a Super Bowl next year and probably not the year after that because they don't have weapons on offense for Richardson to play with. Michael Pittman is probably a two on a championship team. He's not a true one. So you don't have enough on offense to begin with. So if I can get a second round pick for Jonathan Taylor, good luck to you wherever you're going to go. I saw a thing on Twitter today uh, by a Chicago writer saying Jonathan Taylor would make sense for the Bears. True. Absolutely. I'll take Chicago second round pick. 
You can have Jonathan Taylor and we'll call it a day because the Colts aren't close enough for this to be a sideshow distraction the entire season. Then their backup, Zach Moss, breaks his arm or whatever, and now he's toast. So now they're playing with literally nobodies, and I think the Colts are fine with it. Like, okay, whatever, but we're not going to move on or budge on this. I'm sorry. If somebody's willing to give me a second-round pick for Jonathan Taylor, see you later. Have a nice day. There's no way. Ask Aaron Jones what the running back market looks like. Ask Jonathan Taylor, who's just on this big – that cracked me up too. We're going to have a conference call of all of our running backs and complain about how much we're getting paid. And what came of that? Not a damn thing. No, my thought was – Whatsoever. My thought was this had to be like the worst meeting of the minds ever with all due respect because Saquon Barkley then took like the same deal, just readjusted the money two days later. Right. They must have all been on this conference call and said, what do you want to do? Well, I can't really do anything. Oh, okay. And Austin Eckler being the one to lead this, this, this whole like issue that running backs are interchangeable – He's kind of like one of the pioneers of that. When Melvin Gordon held out, this undrafted dude all of a sudden is like, oh, holy, oh my God, we don't exactly need, like we don't. And now he's like, oh, I want $89 million a year. The running backs, the, the thing about this is there's nothing they can do. First of all, like the top ones can hold out, and then people would be like, oh, you know, like uh Lou Nichols all of a sudden. If if Dylan's and uh, Dylan and Jones hold out, he's like, I don't, I'm not holding out with you guys. I'm trying to make a career here. And then there's like the running backs. I saw Mike Florio, another bad suggestion, say no running back should show up for any camp. Do you know how different the NFL would look if there were no running backs? Like not that different. You could still do jet sweeps. You could still do bubble screens. You could still have Travis Kelsey run on first and goal. The NFL could survive without the running back position. Yes, they are very good, very talented. They, 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 are, they are top athletes in the world but that position has gotten neutered. Once there was the phrase, well, this, this, these passes are kind of like an extension of the running game. Once that phrase came into existence, the running back market died because yeah. you can do things that you're trying to accomplish via the run, via the pass now. And that's just going to how it's going to be how it is, man. I don't, there's no, no running backs can make $20 million ever again. We played a, a piece from Dominique Foxworth's podcast. I think it was last week. I don't know if you saw uh, the social media thing, but we played it on our podcast, Ryan and I, we talked about it. There's apparently a pool of money that the NFL has, and they write checks to players after the season for people that outperform their contract. They write them a check from the NFL to give them like a performance-based check. Dominique Foxworth said the one year, his rookie year, he played like damn near all the snaps. He said the performance check he got from the NFL was more than the whole rookie salary he had the entire season from the Patriots that year. Was more than what he made the whole year from the Patriots. How is that not more well known then? I don't know. But he said this year that pool of money is three hundred and thirty-six million dollars or something like that that they can pay out. He said, what? Now look, I'm not trying to take away from what the pool is meant to be. He's like, but that's a ton of money. He's like, you can take part of that money. And give it to running backs and just say, hey, look, if you accomplish A, B, and C, you'll get X amount of money to you. It, kind of going forward in an additional performance-based check from the National Football League to pay these guys. I didn't know the thing existed until I watched him. Go look him up on Twitter. Dominic Foxworth. Well, I'm looking it up right here. Uh, last year, John Runyon was the fifth highest. He made an extra $800,000. 
at the end of the year. Dude, it's crazy. Josh Myers made an extra $630,000. DeMar Hamlin <laughs> made an extra six fifty. Yep. So think about that. I mean, that's a lot of money that people don't know about. And you could take some of that money and go to the running backs with it. No, I, I think it's a great idea, know, my Fox. No. Yeah. I don't think you can treat – you can't. Sure you can. Why Because not? then the linebackers are going to say, well, what the hell? And then the safeties are going to be like, hey. And then the long snappers are going to be <laughs> complaining. True. Like, oh, no, there's only 10 of yeah. us that know even how to do this skill. Yep. Nah, you can't point. do that. All the other positions will throw a fit that if you take care of the running backs separately and specially. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, uh, Wings, thanks. So you got uh, our guy, Wes Hotkowitz, on the latest Bart Winkler Show podcast. Uh, any other fun stuff coming up on the uh, Bart Winkler Show podcast? Well, I do aim to do live shows again after Packer games, including preseason, but not the Sunday game or Saturday game I'm going to go to. Right. Um, I don't know. We, we got we got some NFL stuff cooking. When are you uh, on CBS Sports Radio for everybody that can watch to tune in and listen? Uh, the next time I am on is for Zach Gelb on Friday the 4th. And that'll be on 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. You can listen to him fill in 5 to 9 p.m. I got to be honest, not being on Sundays kind of, kind of bugs yeah. me. We got BetQL on Saturday and Sundays. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. What time are you on Sundays? One to five on the Odyssey app. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Can't help you there, buddy. I don't, no can do. And then next week you're on for Gelb again? Yes, next Friday I'm on again, yes. All right, so the next two Fridays, instead of Zach Gelb, you're on Bart Winkler. 5 to 9 on 1250 AM The Fan if you want to give it a listen. Bob Winkler, thank you so much. Follow him on Twitter at Winks Thinks. Uh, and what's the podcast? Is it the Bart Winkler Show on Twitter? What is it? Right where right, right I show you. Oh, yeah, at Bart Winkler Show. It's right on the video screen on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Yeah, follow that for, for screaming live. retweets of my personal account. Real real dynamic use of that account. Hey, whatever. Do with it as you may. Uh, he is Bart Winkler. I'm C. Sparky Pfeiffer. Download Curtin Long Podcast uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's normally posted by 5 p.m. each one of those days central time uh, on the Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, Ryan Horvath's still off on Friday, so... Uh, hopefully I will be back on Friday to do another show for you on Friday. And then next week, Horvat is back. And I believe he is back then the rest of the football season without taking any more time off. So look forward to that. Bart Winkler. Thank Don't you so use much. him too much. I need, I need him too. Yeah. I heard, yeah, I heard about that. What? I, I'm concerned he's going to get burned out and I, and, but, but we'll see. Maybe he won't. Cause he does all these other shows around the country too, during the day, during football. Season. Well, he he's liked doing everywhere. my show because it was his, Way to do Packer shows, and then he got roped into whatever this nonsense is. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, doing your show in Milwaukee is what helped get him the BetQL show. So for like, yeah. he's indebted to you for life, is how I look at it. I have a Bart Winkler tree. Excuse me, Horvat. Yeah, Toby. Who? Toby Altizer. Oh yeah, Toby Altizer. He's on uh, the team in Washington D.C. Yeah. Anybody else? Tim Shea. Yeah, he's doing TV. Yeah, he's doing TV locally. Yeah. Yeah, Bart Winkler tree. Bart Winkler tree. Yeah. All right, very good. There he is, Bart Winkler. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. And uh, toodles.